0: BestBookBits.com presents Developing the Leader Within You by John C. Maxwell. Developing the Leader Within You is Dr. Maxwell's first and most enduring leadership book, having sold more than 1 million copies. In this Christian Leaders Series edition of Maxwell's Classic, you will discover the biblical foundation for leadership that John Maxwell has used as a pastor and business leader for more than 40 years. These same principles and practices are available for everyday leaders in every walk of life. It is a lofty calling to lead a group, a family, a church, a non-profit, a business, and the timeless principles in this book will bring you positive change in your life and in the lives of those around you. The written summary can be found on our website, bestbookbits.com. So without further ado, I bring you the book summary of Developing the Leader Within You. Big Idea 1. Influence When I used to think of the word leader, I thought of someone who could manage the people below them and lead them to victory. But Maxwell tells us that's only half true. His favorite leadership proverb goes, He who thinks he leadeth and hath no one following him is only taking a walk. John C. Maxwell. Hence, even if you have the ability to manage people and lead them to victory, but if no one wants to follow you in the first place, you'd be on your very own and cannot be called a leader. Simply put, Maxwell defines leadership as influence. That's it. Nothing more and nothing less. Now to become the ultimate leader, we have to first understand that there are five levels. We need to understand where we stand at the moment and what it takes to get to the next level. Read below for Maxwell's five levels of leadership, where at each level, people follow you for different reasons. The five levels of leadership. Level one, position. Rights, people follow you because they have to. Level two, permission relationships. People follow you because they want to. And level three, production, results. People follow you because what you've done for the organization. And level four, people development, reproduction. They follow you because what you've done for them. And number five, personhood, respect. They follow you because of who you are and what you represent. Of course, we could keep in mind that there are trade-offs the higher we go. The higher the level, the more commitment, the easier we are to read, but also the greater our growth. Maxwell does recommend us to stay at level 4 and says that he himself is a level 4 leader. Level 4 leaders develop other leaders which will ensure the long-term growth of your organization and its people. Whereas level 5 is reserved for leaders who have spent years growing people and organizations. Only a few make it. Those that do are bigger than life. While he doesn't give us examples of level 5 leaders, I think level 5 leaders would include people in history like Martin Luther King and more recent leaders such as Steve Jobs. Big Idea 2. Priorities A leader needs to prioritise. This sounds like common sense but stay with me. A lot of people have thrown around the words efficiency and effectiveness and most people think that you need both. However, the higher you go as a leader, the more you have to prioritize effectiveness, not efficiency. Whether we like it or not, there's always a trade-off between efficiency and effectiveness. Chances are, if there's an option that is both effective and efficient, the option will be 50% effective and 50% efficient. Choosing both is still ineffective. For example, if an effective leader knew that coaching this one manager would be a huge investment to the company, she would take her time to coach. Even if there was a faster way, e.g. ask someone who's already done it before to do it. She'd still prioritize coaching because it's an effective investment for the future. This is basically what the Pareto principle is all about. It's called the 80-20 rule, which states that 80% of the effects come from 20% of the causes. For example, I'm thinking all about my achievements in my entire life so far. 80% of what I've achieved so far has came from only 20% of what I did in the past. For me, that 20% was getting and quitting my corporate career and also building a great relationship with my brother-in-law who would later introduce me to online marketing. I apply this principle on a project basis as well as a daily basis. What is the 20% that I should focus on to give me 80% of the results? This ensures I don't worry about little things like cleaning my desk or worrying about how I look while filming. Maxwell also introduces us to the Eisenhower Matrix, This is similar to Stephen R. Covey's priority table in his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. However, while Covey's table represents our priorities in terms of our life goals, Maxwell uses the Eisenhower matrix just in terms of our job, career goals as a leader. Hence the priorities are a little bit different. We are to prioritize quadrant one to four activities in order. Refer to the example of Maxwell's Eisenhower table below. Quadrant one, high importance, tackle these projects first. Quadrant two, set deadlines for completion and get these projects worked into your daily routine. Quadrant three, low importance, find quick, effective ways to get this work done without much personal involvement, if possible, delegate. And quadrant four, which is low importance and low urgency, busy repetitious work, such as filing, stack it up and do it in half hour segments every week or get someone else to do it. And most of the time the only reason why we prioritize is due to emergencies and time deadlines. This is where Maxwell suggests using Parkinson's law to our advantage. Parkinson's law is the idea that work expands so as to fill the time available for its completion. Which basically means if you have a project to do and you give yourself one day you'll complete it in one day. But if you give yourself one week It's not that there's more work to do, but the overwhelm, the stress, and the second-guessing will make it so that you need the entire week to complete it. Hence, to make sure we don't fall into this trap, we should set ourselves deadlines. We should set ourselves deadlines. In fact, this is also what the late Steve Jobs did with his team. He took deadlines, slashed it in half, and slashed it half again to produce Apple's world-class products. Big Idea 3 integrity. The most important ingredient of leadership is integrity. Without it, even if people follow you, you will not keep them for very long. And simplest form of integrity is the idea that you have to do what you say. However, Socrates takes integrity to another level by saying the first key to greatness is to be in reality what we appear to be. Socrates. That is, too often we try to be human doing before we have become a human being. Integrity is not what we do so much as who we are. It's just that who we are, in turn, determines what we do. But if we concentrate on who we are, the doing part will follow. Maxwell says that when we don't have integrity as a leader, we run the risk of having people second guessing our judgments. For example, if you told your employer to put customers first, but you put yourself first, not all people will follow you. If you tell them to be at work on a time and you're late, some will come on time, others won't. Or if I told you guys books are the best things ever, everyone should read them, but I don't read them myself. Some readers would take my advice, others won't. In fact, when I first started coaching, I advised my clients to be positive, but yet I'd be frustrated at myself when I wasn't being able to explain something to them. I didn't have full integrity. It's actually quite difficult to have 100% integrity all the time if it means that we first have to do what we preach. That's why Maxwell says that integrity is a hard-won achievement. But when we do master it, integrity builds credibility. And the more credible you are, the more confident people place in you. And the easier it is for you to get people to follow you. Big idea four, creating positive change. This is all about the fact that change means growth And without change, an organization can't grow. Yet apart from waiting for a crisis for the organization to change, a simple thing to do is to change the leader. Change the leader, change the organization. Everything rises and falls on leadership. Yet even though change is very powerful, not everyone embraces it. Change means to travel in uncharted waters, and this causes our insecurities to rise. That is why many people are more comfortable with old problems than with new solutions. In fact, this doesn't just go for people, it goes for good leaders too. They're happy where they are and rather not put in the extra commitment, which will definitely disrupt their routines and increase their fear of failure. It gets harder to embrace change the longer you've been in the game. It gets harder to embrace change the longer you've been in the game. For example, my parents have been owning a small type of family-run restaurant for the past 20 years and never wanted to embrace the online world or expand for that matter. They're happy where they are, yet others might not be so lucky to have that choice. Companies like Blockbusters went completely bankrupt because they didn't embrace the idea of watching movies and TV shows online. Blockbusters actually passed up the deal to buy Netflix for $50 million back in 2000. Then, in 2010, Blockbuster filed for bankruptcy, due to challenging losses, $900 million in debt, and a strong competition from Netflix, Redbox, and video-on-demand services. Or Kodak, who has been failing to adopt for half a century until Polaroid took over by starting the trend for instant photography. Not all change is an important, but without change, there can be no improvement. Big Idea 5. Problem Solving Maxwell observes that most people don't like problems. Yet people need to first change their perspectives on problems. That is, understand that problems are actually essential for us. For example, an eagle's only obstacle to fly with greater speed and ease is the air. But if we were to take the air away, the eagle won't be able to fly in a vacuum at all. The thing that makes it hard to fly is also what allows it to fly. Similarly, our problems allow us to grow. Without it, we'd still be very ignorant and our society wouldn't evolve at all. Hence, leaders need to know how to solve problems and prioritise them, but most importantly, delegate them. Maxwell goes on to say that the size of the person is more important than the size of the problem. This is also one of T. Harv Ecker's principles in number nine in his book, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. So the task of a leader is to build big people who will handle big issues for them. This is why we need to make time to develop our people. Because if we don't develop our people's problem-solving skills, we'll be faced with solving them all ourselves. In fact, problems should be solved at the lowest level possible. President Eisenhower once gave advice to President John F. Kennedy and said, You'll find no easy problems ever come to the President of the United States. If they are easy to solve, somebody else has to solve them. President Eisenhower. The right way to go about problems is to tackle the source, not the symptom. Lack of the team morale can be the symptom of the problem, which is overworked staffed because of the projects that are understaffed. So a lack of a team morale is just a symptom of the problem of not having enough people. Likewise, incompetent staff members could be the symptom of not spending enough time coaching your team, which is a problem by you, not the staff. In fact, the president of the Hyatt Hotels said 99% of all employees want to do a good job. How they perform is simply a reflection of the one for whom they work, present of the Hyatt Hotels. Big Idea 6, Attitude. Maxwell starts off this chapter with a quick exercise, which he does with his audience in his leadership conferences. Let's do this right now. Number one, write down the name of a friend you admire. Number two, write down the one thing you admire about them. Do this exercise quickly in your head before you continue reading. Maxwell found that every time he did this exercise, 95% of people admired a trait representing the other person's attitude, as opposed to traits to do with skill level or looks. To be honest, I myself had a friend in mind that was always so happy, nothing seemed to face her. That's definitely an attitude trait. Maxwell states that our attitude, although it's not the defining asset that makes us a great leader, without it, we will never reach our full potential. Because life is 10% what happens to us and 90% how we react to it, 10% what happens to us, and 90% how we react to it. The ability to take responsibility to how we respond or react to situations is also habit one in Stephen R. Covey's book, The 7 Habits of Highly Effective People. It's also impossible that a person with a bad attitude can continuously be a success. The leader's attitude helps determine the attitude of their followers great leaders understand that the right attitude will set the right atmosphere which enables the right responses from others two of the techniques talked about in this book to change your attitude is reframe and reenter reframing is all about thinking differently about the problem because a problem only becomes a problem if you make it so in fact cancer researchers at the king's college studied breast cancer victims and found seven out of 10 women who had a fighting spirit were alive 10 years later while four out of five women who felt hopelessness at the diagnosis had died those who had a fighting spirit reframe the problem to thinking that this is just another challenge that will make them stronger the second method is to re-enter here you re-enter your problem thinking and being like the person you admire that is you ask yourself what would insert name of the person you admire do in this situation the more you can ask yourself this and act in accordance with the person you admire, the more you will actually obtain that trait. Big Idea 7. People. You always hear companies say that people are the most important assets, yet not many leaders know how to treat their people. One of the most common mistakes made by leaders is that while leaders develop those under them, some are not comfortable with the fact that those they coach can someday become better than them. This fact scares them so they hold back on coaching them fully. However, this problem is solved if we continue to develop ourselves. If we stun their growth, we also stun ours. One key thing to note is that our assumptions about people largely determine how we treat them. Hence, successful people, developers, make the right assumptions about people. Assumptions could include, you think that your staff can't figure things out by themselves. They don't want to work. They don't like you. They're trying to impress you, etc. What you assume about people is what you look for. And what you look for is what you find. What you find influences your response. Therefore, negative assumptions about others will stimulate negative leadership on them, while positive assumptions stimulate positive leadership of them. Below are three of Maxwell's assumptions. That is, you must assume the following. Number one, everyone needs and responds to encouragement. If you believe in them, they will live up to it, rather than see you disillusioned. Similar to Dale Carnegie's principle, give the other person a fine reputation to live up to. In fact, people tend to become what the most important people in their lives think they will become. Number two, people buy into the leader before they buy into his or her leadership. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And number three, most people are naturally motivated. The true secret of motivation is creating an environment in which people are free from the influences that demotivate them. Techniques to deal with people include letting them contribute, recognizing their achievements, and setting clear expectations. Always remember that people come first. Listen to them. Assist them. Do not place a cap on how much you can do for them. Big Idea 8. Vision Maxwell teaches us all effective leaders have a vision of what they have to accomplish. That vision becomes the energy behind every effort and the force that pushes through all the problems. The leader with a vision becomes a mission, which is contagious and felt among other people until they all begin to rise alongside the leader. Combined a leader with a vision, he's willing to implement and a movement begins. People don't follow a dream in itself. They follow the leader who has the dream and the ability to communicate it effectively. In fact, Simon Sinek, author of Start With Why, argues that a vision is so important. People don't buy into a leader until they buy into his vision, his why. Because they need to know that the leader's reason for doing things is not for themselves, but for something greater than themselves. This was one of the most powerful concepts I learned about leadership. Because while I was still in corporate, my company's vision didn't really mean much to me. But when I started my own business, This was the number one concept I had to nail from the get-go. While I didn't have employees to follow me yet, I needed to paint a vision for myself. I needed to inspire myself. Whenever problems arose, I just reminded myself of my vision and I'd almost always make the right decision. While a vision is for yourself and the people in your own business, a why is for the public. To create a following, I needed to transform my vision into a why so that I could share with the world. I needed to paint a picture for people, inspire and influence people to my why. That's how I eventually came up with a 30-day challenge. That's what I believe and stand for. Conclusion. Developing the Leader Within You by John C. Maxwell is a great book. There are lots of great and simple concepts that can be applied almost instantly to becoming a better leader. Again, because we're dealing with people, some of the concepts may seem like common sense, but they're nowhere near common practice. I'm definitely going to use these concepts, learn the book in my own life and highly recommend you do the same. You're developing the leader action plan. Get your priorities straight. Use Parkinson's law to kick yourself into applying the 80-20 rule. Make sure you're not taking more time than you need. This could be applied to your business in general as well as on a daily basis. Make time to develop your people prioritize developing people so that they can solve problems for you otherwise you'll be left with solving all problems yourself commit to becoming a better leader all these big ideas and principles are useless if you're not 100 percent committed just know that great leaders are rare and you now have everything you need to become one so commit to being one today choose one of the other principles to commit to my one was working on my attitude and that's a wrap on developing the leader within you. Subscribe to the channel and take a look at the hundreds of book summaries uploaded previously. To find hundreds of written summaries, check out our website, bestbookbits.com. And for hundreds of audio podcast summaries, find us on mixcloud.com forward slash bestbookbits. If you want to get involved in our channel and assist us sharing knowledge, connect with myself by dropping me an email at info at bestbookbits.com. Thanks for watching and listening and have yourself an amazing day and go on, develop the leader within you.